Thank you. Thank you, Esther and Cynthia. Fine, please, if you have your copy of Scripture, the book of Romans, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans chapter 12, and we're going to begin reading at verse 4. Romans 12, uh, 4. I want you to listen as uh, I read, as you follow, listen for the phrase, one another. Romans 12, 4, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same, do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. For if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. One another. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be faithful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not think you are superior. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. There's an unusual thing going on uh, in America today, uh, an odd thing really given our history, and that is that memberships in organizations are declining. From the VFW to the American Legion to labor unions. Membership is down from the Kiwanis Club to Lions Club to Rotary Club to a lot of country clubs. Membership rosters are, are on the way down, and churches are not exempt from that. Churches, they're exceptions, of course, but across the country, the, the, membership, the memberships in churches is declining. A lot of possible reasons for that. You know, we've moved, lot of, lots of people have moved to the suburbs, and so the commutes to work are longer. The schedules are more complicated and full. And in many ways, we've lost, we've lost confidence in our institutions. And, and maybe we've become a little self-centered. Maybe we're not as community-minded as we used to be. But memberships are are declining, and yet still we, we have this built-in, wired need to be part of something, to connect. We have a, a built-in desire to belong, and so even though our memberships are down, we look for other ways to feel like we're part of things. We, we identify with each other by, well, by where we live. I was in, in uh, Jerusalem a year ago, I had on an HSV, a Huntsville cap, and a young lady I didn't know yelled out, hey, Huntsville. So I, we felt like we connected, you know, just over that. We, we connect over our brands. And, and some of us kind of look down on people who use different brands. Have you noticed that people who use Apple computers are kind of cliquish? They, 
they kind of look down on the rest of us. My wife has an Apple computer, and I tend not to measure up with my little Dell. You know, they, they're kind of clickish. They hang together, and I don't, I don't know a lot about motorcycles, but Harley-Davidson riders tend to think that, you know, they're the real bikers, that others are kind of uh, posers. We look for ways to identify with each other. We, if we, we wear our gear, you know, our, team, our favorite team's gear, and then if we see somebody, especially in a place uh, in another state, we see them and we, we'll say, you know, War Eagle or Roll Tide or Hell State, or a lot of people say, go Samford Bulldogs, that's the favorite. A lot of people, you know, we identify as like we're part of a family if we have the same gear on. We have a desire to connect, to be part of each other. So today we're going to talk about the, the word alelon, which is a Greek word that means it's translated one another or each other. We heard it three times in the text we read a moment ago. We are members of one another. We're told to love one another and live in harmony with one another. In other texts in the Bible, God inspired Paul to write, we should instruct or teach one another we, to build up one another, to become slaves to one another and show hospitality to one another. The Bible is clear. The Christian life is not to be lived by ourselves. It's to be lived with one another and for one another. Today we talk especially to graduates, and I always say I'm going to talk to the graduates and everybody else is welcome to listen in, but I really want to talk to you guys. This has been part of your theme this year, connected. So we're going to talk about being connected now and connected down the road. It's important that we talk about being connected for young adults because lots of young adults are becoming disconnected from the church. George Barna did a lot of research on this, says that 70% of those who grow up in church, even through our student ministries, this is nationwide, that 70% of the 18 to 29-year-olds who've grown up in church are now disconnected from church. 10% are walking away from the faith, no, no longer calling themselves Christian. 60% are still calling themselves Christian, but are disconnected from local churches. And that's those who grew up in church. Now, you might be saying, oh yeah, but they'll come back. Well, not not so much anymore. And, and when I was growing up, a lot of people would disconnect, 18 to 29, but then we'd get married and have kids and so on and come back to church, but not so much anymore. I want to take a quick little side trip, and I'm going to walk down here to the graduates and say something just real special or, not, or, or personal to you. Some of you are going off, I know. Some of you aren't going far, and if, if you aren't going far, we really want you to stay connected to us. Some of you are going off, and here's my encouragement to you. We want you to come back. Come back to Huntsville. Live with your parents if you need to. They'll be thrilled. They'll be thrilled with that. If you can't yet get a job, don't worry. They're, you can be on their self plan, their cell phone plan, and their insurance. Just come back to Huntsville. But here's what I really want to ask of you. Come back to us, to this church. When all is said and done, you got off, gotten smart and come back. We need you to come back and help us build a great church. All right, that's my kind of personal lesson. The rest of it is for all of us. All right, we're going to talk about being connected uh, to one another, to this alelon. First of all, there's protection in one another. There's protection in, in this connection. There's protection in being uh, committed to each other and belonging to each other. In 1 Timothy 1 and in 1 Corinthians 5, there's these really odd words where Paul instructs the church to exclude a member, a particular member, temporarily, to kick them out of the church. 
They have violated the values and convictions shared by the church, and they've brought, brought shame on the church. And he says, send them out temporarily for them to be disciplined. That's really odd. We don't have time to unpack that, but this is what's really clear from that, th those two texts. There is protection in the church. There's encouragement here. When you're out at school, or you're in the factory, or you're in the, you're in the office, or wherever you are, and you feel like you're the only deeply devoted Christ follower there, you need to remember you're not by yourself. There's encouragement in remembering that in this church family, and of course in other church families, there are deeply devoted followers of Jesus. And you need to rem that, that's an encouragement. There's also accountability when we are connected to each other. We share values and convictions, and when we violate those values and convictions, it's, we're breaking our covenant with each other. So there is accountability when you're part of a church family. John McCain was a, a POW, a prisoner of war in Vietnam. He wrote powerfully in his book, Courage Matters, about the connection, how important the connection was among those POWs. It's a little bit long. I'm going to read it slowly. Listen carefully, please. I think these are powerful words about connection. In prison, he wrote, I was not always a match for my enemies. Fortunately, I shared my circumstances with hundreds of brave men who insisted on a communal, community code of conduct. And that was, we would all return with honor. Each man's suffering was our shared concern. Sounds like the Bible's words about us sharing our burden, carrying each other's burdens. Each man's suffering was our shared concern. Each man's resistance, our shared responsibility. Had each of us been kept in separate prisons, unable to communicate with each other, unable to share one another's, one another's experiences, unable to depend on each other, had we been forced to rely on our individual pride and strength, many of us would have lost our courage and our honor. I can't imagine what it's like to be a POW. I can, though, imagine how important it would be to feel connected. They found encouragement from each other. There was an accountability to each other. And so to the graduates, when you go off, if you do go off, you need a church home. You need to be in a place where you're going to find encouragement when you feel alone. And quite frankly, frankly, you're going to need the accountability that comes from a church. You're about to make decisions that will shape the rest of your lives. So you need to be connected for the encouragement and accountability that comes from that. There is protection in, in one another. There's also a pull or an attraction to being one another. We all long to belong, and, and we're looking, with all the tumult in the world, people are attracted to loving places. Years ago, I was, when I wasn't much older than uh, these sitting down here, I lived in Venezuela for two years, and I saw two guys on the side of the road, two young men my age, and so I pulled over to give them a ride, a lift, and they got in the car. They were, they were members of, they were missionaries there with a, a religious group different from mine. So I was curious as to how they ended up in this group. One of them said uh, he had grown up, his family was in the group, he'd grown up in the group. The other said something so interesting to me, I remember it now decades later. He said a few years ago, now at this time he's in his mid-twenties, he said a few years ago I realized there was more to life than what I had, and so he said I went out on a search for truth. And he said I went to a Presbyterian church and to a Baptist church, and nobody said a word to me. 
Then he said, I went to this group, and he named it, and, and he said, from the moment I walked in, they treated me like family. And so he joined. He didn't look at their beliefs. He didn't look at their mission. He went to where he belonged. We have a great responsibility to be radically hospitable to people because people are looking for answers. And, and when they come here, we must be radically hospitable. And you guys, when you get to where you're going, if you're not going to stay around here, find a place where you feel like you're at home. Now look at their beliefs and look at their mission for sure. But you need to find a place to be family. There is, there is a, a pull, there's this attraction to, to us being well-connected. And there's protection there. We find encouragement and we find accountability. But there's also power. There's a real power in us being one another, this alelon, this, this connection. The church, with all of its scars and all of our problems and all the bad memories of church throughout 2,000 years, we have been, the church with a capital C, has been the most important agent for good in all of history. Educational institutions, Western education, is a product of the church. All the schools and the universities begun by churches. Hospitals, leper colonies, orphanage, begun, begun by churches. Freedom in Eastern Europe. Some of you, know, you guys are too young to remember this, but it wasn't that long ago that all of Eastern Europe was under the oppressive uh, thumb of communism. And the, the freedom of Eastern Europe was largely a matter of the church. I know there were political and economic factors, but it was the imprisoned pastors, it was the prayer vigils of the church that are credited with the freedom of Eastern Europe. Former Senator Sam Nunn said the Cold War ended, and I'm quoting him now, not in a nuclear inferno, but in a blaze of candles in the churches of Eastern Europe. When the Berlin Wall fell, someone hung a huge banner in East Berlin that read in German, we thank you, church. Social scientists say that all over the world, the rise of democracy is largely attributable to Christian missionaries who went and preached, you are of value to the creator of the universe and, and ignited within people this desire for freedom. And they were sent by the church. It is true that lots of churches supported slavery, but it is also true that the impetus behind the abolition of slavery arose from churches, largely British churches. It's true that the church has acted badly more than once. During the Crusades, in the name of Jesus, we did some terrible things. The Inquisition was when the church persecuted, even killed people for just for believing differently. And our enemies, and there are enemies of the church, people who hate the church who will tell those stories often. But it is true that the church has been the greatest force for good in all of history. And so I'll say something to the graduates now. If you want to change the world, there are lots of governmental agencies, local, state, and national. There are lots of wonderful nonprofits, but nothing has the potential for changing the world like the church. Physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, eternally, we can make a difference. The, the world, the, the, the church has the potential for genuine, holistic transformation and have proven that through through the history of the church. There's power in our connection. 
There's protection in being this alelan, this one another or each other. There is, there's a pull, there's an attractiveness to that, and there's power in that. Our fellowship, our each otherness, is really important. Let's be careful not to misunderstand why it is important. Fellowship, based on preferences among each other, is rather shaky. But fellowship, based on our potential to change the world, now that's transformative. Fellowship based on what we want is kind of flimsy. But fellowship based on what the world needs, well, that will change the world. Fellowship based on how much we enjoy our programs and how comfortable our building is, is kind of shaky. But fellowship based on things like fresh expressions of church and international missions and caring for people who are lonely and hurting and being church at the heart of the city. Now that kind of fellowship, that kind of fellowship will change everything. I want to close with one of my favorite stories. The parable says that uh, once there was a lighthouse on the, the rocky shores of New England. It was a simple building, a modest building. But the crew of the lighthouse was widely known for its camaraderie, its fellowship, its one-anotherness. And they were known for their heroism, for their willingness to risk their lives, for the lives of people in those ships that had hit the rocks just underneath the water's surface. Whenever a flare went up, whenever there was a signal of a, a boat in peril, they would jump out into their little boats and they would head out even into the storms, into the tumultuous ocean, risking their lives to rescue those in peril on the sea. And they had a great reputation for their camaraderie, their one-anotherness, and for their heroism. One night they rescued a family that was in trouble, and this was a well-to-do family, a wealthy family. And to show their appreciation, the, the members of this family decided to build a brand new lighthouse for this crew. So they built this beautiful, elaborate structure for the lighthouse crew to enjoy. It was the night of the first big event in this new elaborate lighthouse. So the, the crew all decked out in their finest, had their dates. They came and they danced on the polished floor. They ate in the elaborate dining room. It was a wonderful celebration of their one anotherness. But then in the middle of the big celebration, a flare went up, a signal over the water, a ship was in trouble. Half the crew ran out of the ornate place and ran down to their boats, and headed out into the tumultuous waters again, risking their lives for the sake of people in peril. Half of the crew, though, decided, you know, this is such a nice place, and we're having such a good time. And our fellowship, they said, our fellowship, our one anotherness is really important. And so they didn't want that to be interrupted, so they stayed and they continued to dine and dance with their dates. And eventually, those who'd gone out in the water, they brought back the bloody and battered bodies of those who'd been in the wreck, and they dragged them into the new lighthouse, and the blood and the seawater stained the carpet of the new lighthouse. 
And then they, they took care of the people who'd been hurt. They took care of them in the dining room and interrupted the festivities. It caused such an uproar that there was an emergency meeting of the lighthouse, lighthouse crew the next day. On one side of the fierce debate, people said, you know, our fellowship is really important and, and our building is new and it's nice and we don't need to mess that up. And you guys came in here and you brought in those bloody folks and, and messed up the carpet and you interrupted our fellowship. Our fellowship is really, really important. On the other hand, members of the crew argued, but our purpose here is to be a rescue mission. Our purpose is to help those who are in trouble. And the debate was hot until finally someone called for a vote and they voted. At the end of the, when the vote was counted, they had decided to become a social club instead of a rescue mission. So those who, had, who thought it should be a rescue mission, they pulled out and they started another lighthouse. It was a simple structure. But they became widely known eventually for their camaraderie and for their heroism. But with time, they too devolved into what was more of a social club and, and they didn't want to be interrupted by all those missions out in the water. And so they too formally became a social club. And then people didn't like that. They pulled out and they started another one until the story goes that all along the rocky shore, there are a number of social clubs posing as lighthouses. And many of the souls that still perish in the waters, within view of, within view of those places that look like lighthouses, but actually function as social clubs. That's what I mean when I say our fellowship based on preferences among us. That kind of fellowship is shaky, but a fellowship based on the people beyond us is transformative. Fellowship based on what we want is shaky, but fellowship based on what the world needs will change the world. Fellowship based on how much we enjoy our programs and how comfortable our building is is rather flimsy, but a fellowship based, a one anotherness, a connectedness that, that is based on things like fresh expressions of church and international missions and being church at the heart of the city and taking care of people who are lonely and are hurting. That will change us and change the world. I hope whether you're going off somewhere or whether you're around here that you will remember how important it is to be connected, not just for us, but for those beyond us. Because of the unique situation given our pandemic, we're not doing a, an invitation and singing, but we are going to hear a meditation. And when we finish today, uh, we're gonna to invite you to leave in an orderly fashion. People will help you with that. And, but I'm going to remain down here for those who want to talk about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. For those of you who want to be part of a church that is trying to find that good balance between fellowship and mission. And we would love to have you after the, at the conclusion of our worship service.